Welcome to The Inevitable. This is Motor Trends' new podcast about the future of the automobile. I am Johnny Lieberman, the Senior Features Editor at Motor Trend, and I am joined every week by my co-host, Mr. Ed Lowe. That's me. I'm the Head of Editorial for Motor Trend, and boy, do we have an amazing list of guests that we're going to be chatting with. We've got the godfather of the environmental movement, Ed Bagley Jr. Derek Jenkins, a whole bunch of actors, celebrities, car-crazy folks, people from in and outside the industry. Industry. Can't wait for you to join us. We're talking about the future of the car. This means everything from electrified vehicles to cars that drive themselves. Come check us out. We're on podcastone.com or anywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. We're also on motortrend.com and youtube.com slash motortrend. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. This week we're going to talk about, uh, well, we're going to get an update on Bill's Garage. Lots of fun stuff happening over there. We're going to get into the Myers-Manx 2.0, the comeback of the of the Doom Buggy. Um, what's happening with the Ford Lightning pricing, uh, federal tax credits, some issues with Ferrari, and a lot more. But first, here's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. What's happening, oh, brother? Oh, hey. Oh, what's up, man? Uh, sounds like progress happening at the uh, at the old uh, garage there. <laughs> the old garage. I've been waiting for this day. I've been waiting for this day for, I don't know, about three years? Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, man. I went out there about 15 minutes ago, and there were 11 cars, and they were working like reindeer, like... Uh, little minions man it was awesome uh from electrical to footings to storefront to concrete's gonna start tomorrow man so we're we're rolling finally now it's just stressful trying to make sure that everything is done prior to closing it up so that we don't have to open it up at a later date so you 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 know all these issues pains yeah, Problems. right. Yeah, so, and then you know, I mean, you're right. You're gonna be you're gonna be chasing weather at this point. So if you can get enough done that the building is sealed, closed, then at least some stuff inside can be done. You know, all the finish work can be done inside over the winter if that's going to be. You know, if you if that, oh, ab- if that much time is needed. Absolutely. Also, you know, I, I can't install the stairs until the thing's closed up because the stairs are quite beautiful yeah. wood steps. I don't want them weathered by any stretch of imagination. So, you know, it's just one thing after another. But it's great, great stuff. Uh, outlet locations, speaker locations, freaking everything, man. And now I'm into the sound room. So I'm going to be bending yours and Chris's ear quite often in the next coming days because I got to get this one done and strike it off the list and go to the next. We got the, uh, the uh, car wash equipment yeah. uh, in manufacture right 
now and it's on the way. We should get the booms tomorrow. And uh, that splash and dash, man, it's going to be bitching. I cannot wait to hook that thing up. So we're getting there, man. We're getting there. Yeah, sounds good. Literally, it's going to sound good. Weight equipment delivered first week of September. Uh, uh, Ben Pack's going to come out first week of September, second week of September and install lifts. So we're jamming, man. Yeah, that's good. Building a big, uh, big gym for you and Gage. Gage, uh, I'll probably be dead by the time it's finished <laughs> and probably able to use it. So it'll be for Gage. Yeah. It'll be Gage, and I'm sure his buddies will come over. Have some of his teammates come over. Uh, he could fit his entire team up there working out at the same time. So yeah, I can yeah. imagine it's going to be used. I, you know, lot. it's but, funny hey, because. Totally uh, you guys took the trip back to uh, uh, to Georgia, and you went to the college and were touring. We, we talked to, to you and Gage a little bit before you went in, and then on your social media, you posted photos of of whatever the, the gym, the athletic center over there. And I know you're walking around going, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta think about my gym now. I gotta think about the level, like where we're we gonna go." I mean, I get it; it's not gonna be a collegiate stadium or, gym, I but I already ordered two pieces of. <laughs> equipment that I saw for the first time in that gym. So yes. Yeah. So that that comes the problem. So now it's, you know, will everything fit and where's everything gonna go? And it's just like it took me two and a half hours to figure out what what spot I was gonna put what car in the other night, right? Yeah. I, you have to plan those things out because if you show up with twenty nine cars and put them in your parking lot, you, there has to be a strategy to to put them in your garage, right? Yeah. This one's not going to be able to move all the time, so you got to get it out of the way. That's why I got so many garage doors, so I don't have to move something that can't move. I can just back up or go out in the front. Yeah, I was thinking about that too when uh, when we were looking at the initial uh, like uh, the sketches and the renderings. I'm like, oh, I, I, garage doors on all sides, like at least three of the four sides. You got to be able to maneuver. You know, you got to be able to. Yeah, to but get now I'm gonna strangle you because there are two doors that I want to close up because they're redundant, right? I mean, I wanted this thing to be as open as possible, but I, I, I redundancy did kick in, and there are two that I'd love to close up. But on custom orders for garage doors, you can't just cancel that immediately. You know, yeah, you're right. And get your money back, right? We're good. But I mean, you don't have to use the ball. You can close up a few doors and still, I mean, not close them up, just. Just get the the doors, put them up, and then you can still kind of situate stuff around it. You know, you can you yeah. know you're not going to move some cars. Those doors are rarely open, and if they do, it's you know it's it's more to walk through or something or or to get some airflow if you need to. But it's not necessarily something you use as a garage door all the time, which you know kind of kind of makes sense. Listen, the the, rare, the warehouse that I got over here that you know obviously we're we're just renting it. It, it gets hot in there, and we got to use fans and and circulation. And all it really needs is some kind of openable window or door on the back wall, and it would be completely different. Yeah. They would have some airflow going through, but just because airflow for us usually comes from the ocean side, but my garage door faces inland. Right? If I had just a window or something or a door on that side, uh, it would make all the difference in the world. Just like. Even like a door with like a like a steel gate on it, and you can just lock that thing, and then and then just you know leave that door open during the day. It would make all the difference in the world. Well, let's just 
say that I'm completely on the other end of the spectrum because if you raised all my garage doors, the structure would instantly look like a freaking giant carport. Yeah. Which is a good thing, but also, you know, you have to look at the bad side of it. So now the, know, the initial it, idea it, was the gym was going to be up on the second level, like the loft area, the gym and the studio. Is that still going to happen? Oh, yeah. Everything's still the same. Upstairs is completely – the only thing upstairs is, is a 3,000-square-foot gym, a, uh, a, a very large bathroom, and a, a, a one-wall kitchen, uh, kind of like the setups people have on their exteriors yeah. out by the pool. But a one everything's going to be on one wall. And uh, then you open up those two doors and you walk out to the deck. And yeah, everything's pretty, yeah. everything's pretty much the same as far as structurally and functionally. But details obviously have been completely it, it, upside turned up. It's interesting how things have sort of grown over the conversations we had maybe a year and a half ago. We're like, oh, it's a 10,000 square foot gym. It's a 12,000 square foot gym uh, or, or the, the garage. The gym was 2,200 square feet. And now it's probably, like you said, probably closer to 3,000. And, uh, uh, yeah, but listen, and the, we're, ball, the ball was just, it was cool, but you know, it's got the kitchen. And so you can't take advantage of the view on the back wall at all. So instead of having just the back wall and two doors on either side of the kitchen area, now we have two eight by three foot windows on either side of of you know the the if you cut it in half there's there's two equally centered windows but they're freaking you know so that's I open it up by sixteen feet yeah you know I mean yeah that, it's good. that's a change that's a because it changes everything on the exterior so paneling wise and you know it reduces it but it still has to be altered so. Just not one thing. It's not, and the door on the on the uh, studio, right? Yeah. So the entire studio is glass, and I've got a wood door. What, how, how ridiculous is that, right? So now this morning I change it to a glass door. Well, guess what? That's three times the amount of yeah. money. That's wood. <laughs> and oh, it's shorter, or you're you know it takes X amount of period of time to get. So yeah, it's just one thing. I've, well, it's going to come good. out great and. You're moving, and so if, if there's an issue, at least there's progress at the same time. So I'm freaking ecstatic. Yeah, it's good. And uh, and then yes, we'll finally have a podcast studio for you. We'll have a microphone and everything. <laughs> and and um, uh, all right, they're in other complete different issue. I mean, it's not just a sound room. You get there's so many things you got to take into consideration. You know, when I'm looking at your setup right there, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things that come into it. It's not just a telephone and a microphone and that's it. So, Right, yeah. And uh, Chris will get into it with you off the air, but like what he did in the studio here and now from cameras and lights to walls and soundproofing and monitors and whatever, you don't need a lot yeah. of space like you're saying. You've got 172 square feet, but it can be done – it can be done nicely. So um, – yeah, excited about seeing that. Yeah, hopefully you can uh, post some pictures, get us a little sneak peek of all the progress going on over there. Yes, sir. On on the way. I need to fulfill all the obligations to my sponsors because I haven't had uh, terrific uh, backgrounds for my photos as of late, but you bet your ass I will soon. 
Uh, awesome. Looking forward to it. I spoke to, I spoke to our friend John Urist at Hellion. And uh, um, let's see. What can I say? I can say that um, – I can say that – the twin turbo kit he's developing for the late model Mustangs has passed the initial emissions testing at SEMA Garage, and now all the, all the all the paperwork is being pushed forward on this. And I can't I can't tell you yet what that means as far as like boost and horsepower and whatever. Um, and all of the paperwork should be no problem. All I can say is it's very likely it will be a legit twin turbo kit that's 50 state emissions legal. Wow. It's definitely 49. 49 is a layup. But can we get California as well? And um, yeah, so we're uh, we're we're going to be moving forward. We're putting uh, – we're going to get the system on the Mustang Mach 1. We're going to get my car out to SEMA in the Anderson Composites booth, which you, you guys knew. But this could be the debut of, of that car and possibly a big announcement because not only is this huge for Helion Turbo, this is a huge thing for SEMA Garage, right? Mm. They're, they, both of these organizations should be very proud of what they were able to do here. To make this work, and this isn't, uh, you know, Hellion isn't a massive three hundred people, two hundred million dollar company. Like this is a small company, a handful of guys. This is all about what what SEMA Garage is 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 for, is extending these resources to the small shops that that need the help. So, um, it doesn't even the playing field. Yeah, sure makes it a lot uh, a lot easier for companies like that to compete. Yeah, just the it allows these these small shops to, you know, build a build a mom and pop business, build their own business, and and compete with you know, <laughs> I'd say compete with anybody else out there, but compete with the government, like you know, mm-hmm. with all the regulation that comes down and and the fees and the time that come with that. So this is going to be this is going to be a pretty big, pretty big deal. So we we talked a little bit about what we think that's going to look like. Um, and uh, impressive. The whole thing is going to be really cool. Just like a, I mean, the car is going to be cool, but just the whole thing surrounding what it took to get there is really going to be the story. So as we get closer, we'll 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 dabble into that. We'll talk to John at some point. We'll talk to SEMA Garage at some point. Maybe maybe it'll be after SEMA, but um, but we'll get into that uh, a little bit more this year. But that was very exciting. I mean, uh, hearing hearing the excitement and and John Uris and it is in his voice on the call. Uh, this is just a huge milestone for his, for his business. So, um, yeah, cool stuff. Very, very cool stuff. Do you remember you the Meyer? Fill us in on the, when you, when, when you can fill us in on all the details. Yeah. We're going to try to come up with a cool display because the turbos are mounted kind of low underneath the car tucked in. We're going to figure something out with mirrors and lights and, and show you what's going on down there and, and, uh, make it, make it kind of cool. Uh, you remember do like, the- everybody, do like everybody does here in Texas. They lift their trucks and put those those LEDs in the fender wells. Just do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know we uh, uh, 
I was just out the other day, and one of those things was parked on the side of the road. <clears throat> Super lifted, everything underneath it, chrome, lights everywhere, just giant wheels with like, I, I don't like a really low profile, like off road knobby tire. None of it I, I, and it's, it's counterproductive, all of it. I mean, I listen, it's it's counterproductive when you're parked on the PCH. But uh, anyway, look, I, I looked at it and I was thinking, all right, look, it's not my style. I did appreciate the amount of work that Absolutely. went into that thing. You know, like somebody really did the did the homework on this, made it so look. As, is, some People look at our shit and they say the same thing. Yeah. Right. It's all pre- it's a preference. That's all it is. But yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, mean, I don't get it. Right. Not my style, but just an incredible amount of time and work and just how many things are chromed or polished underneath. And, and it's just like, man, that's, that's a lot going on there. And, and I go, yeah, you're right. It's a huge investment too. But then again, we spent a bunch of money on our cars and I'm sure those guys exactly. don't like them. They're like, why are you going to put twin turbos on your car if you can't even see it? Why are you going to put them underneath the car? <laughs> you know, what do you need 700 horsepower for? What do you need 750 for? Yeah. Like, what do you need all that horsepower for? Where are you going to use it? I was like, yeah, you're right. Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so the news was, uh, was, uh, buzzing this past week on the Myers Manx, this little, you know, mid sixties, like 64 to 71. I think they made this dune buggy. Volkswagen pieces, Volkswagen, Volkswagen engine, and uh, and this company's coming back. And it was it was wild. It was yeah, pretty cool, you know, for what it is. And raced and like <laughs> all pretty- kinds of yeah, did race them and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And then yeah. I I see this Myers Manx 2.0. Now it's it's electric. It's an EV, but it's got a good look to it. Like it's got a good. Exactly. You know, they gave a modern spin to the retro style. It's still got the big bug eye lights on it. It's got some, you know, some meaty tires. You can get it with like a little hard top that looks like, I, I, actually, you know what it looks like? It looks like um, the, the, it looks like the cart that's shaped like a, a baseball hat that brings the pitcher out when they're swapping <laughs> pitchers, <laughs> you know? It, it, <laughs> You know, looks like some that should be on the dugout uh, cart. Uh, it looks like that thing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what's that animated car? Uh, uh, cars from Cars, should, yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of like like Lightning McQueen, like kind of like that. But um, it's kind of cool looking, and I I think it's going to be quick, and I think it's going to have some off road capability. So it's going to be an EV. There's going to be two. Battery options, a 20-kilowatt and a 40-kilowatt. The 20, excuse me, should get you about 150-mile range. The 40 should get you about 300-mile range. Um, I don't know what the total output, like horsepower, will be on the 20-kilowatt. But the 40 will be 202 horsepower and 240 pound-feet of torque. Now, keep in mind, this thing only weighs like 1,500 pounds. So the big battery will get this thing going to zero to 60 in four and a half seconds. And I was kind of thinking about it. That's going to be quick. 
That's going to be. I live near the beach. I'd have one of these in two seconds, man. I think they're cool as shit. I think it's cool. Are. Actually, I was kind of thinking like on the property. You got the property there. You guys are on UTVs and stuff all the time. I mean, I don't know if Wanda can fit her goat in the front seat because that damn thing rides with her everywhere on the, 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 the whatever. All the yeah, animals. it would crawl over every inch of that vehicle. Yeah, this is a little bit nicer, I think, than than kind of the rugged stuff that you guys are using. But hundred percent. But if you think about it, it's it's quiet. It's EV. You never have to fill it up or anything. You can park it in the corner of the garage. You can plug it in. Yep. And around the property to just okay. You know, what's the sale price? Of it? They didn't tell us yet. <laughs> they didn't tell us the price of it yet. Um, I have no it idea. It ain't gonna be cheap. I'm gonna tell you that right now. It's not gonna be cheap. But yeah, uh, I think I think it's badass. It is kind of badass. So they're gonna do a pilot program basically with 50 cars to uh, customers uh, next year, and then I guess. They'll see how that works, and they'll get some feedback from customers, and maybe make some small changes, and then, um, and then the final version will be delivered in twenty twenty four. But yeah, I think I wouldn't mind fifty for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I I I jump on that wagon. It's uh, it by the way, it's rear wheel drive with two motors, one on each rear wheel, so. Um, that could be kind of cool as well. Now, this prototype that they saw, this this first one that they built, that looks cool. I believe uh, I'm going to be seeing that at at the Quail event in Monterey next week, so about a week and a half from now. Oh, by the way, when I said it was 1,500 pounds, 1,500 pounds for the small battery version, 1,650 for the large battery version. So the larger battery only adds 150 pounds. Now, maybe it's the larger battery and a couple of other features. Who knows? Maybe it's the little hard top or something. But uh, 1,650 is is not a lot of weight, and that thing will be quick. And it will really be quick because you won't hear a motor. So it's going to feel like, you know, it'll just be like being on a boat. <laughs> So I don't know if you mentioned it, but you, did you say anything about range and about uh, charging time? Or yeah, so range was 150 miles for the small battery, 300 for the big battery. Um, I don't know about the charging time, but they there's a 6-kilowatt onboard charger, and then there's a, there is a DC fast charging system that can handle up to 60 kilowatts, which is pretty – Pretty good for at home charging. Yeah, I want one of those pretty bad. That's yeah, that's, yeah. That's, so you you would one hundred and fifty miles here at the ranch. To, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face it. You, it's not the range. It's it's the power you're going to want. So you're going to end up with the big battery because you want that thing to be fast and fun. Not necessarily. I mean, you know, uh, I, it sounds fast and fun enough to kill me as it is. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have the 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 specs. Like someone will test at some point, you know, how quick it is and stuff with with the small battery versus the big battery. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be. It looks it looks cool. It looks fun. And so just something to 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 think about. Uh, just think of the electric capabilities uh, and what they're going to bring to Glamis mm-hmm. ten years down. Yeah, right. People have the most unbelievably overpowered vehicles out there as it is 
can you only imagine when it goes electric, the capabilities that they're going to have in those stupid things out there that they spend half a million dollars in? Well, even on the other end of the spectrum, like the UTVs and stuff that you guys have on on the property over there and, you know, what Steve Austin has on the ranch, all of his Kawasaki's, at some point he's going to have EVs on the property, right? I mean, that's just going to be – Absolutely. It'd just be a cross between what we have now and and a golf cart. Yeah. Right. It's going to, you know, they're going to come up with ways to, you know, give you the the big beefy, you know, off-road, you know, UTV. And, Pork. Yeah. Perfect. You know, and then uh, you'll be able to hear Steve Austin when he's doing all his Instagram videos from his UTV with his mask on and his goggles as he's trying to drive and film himself. Because <laughs> you'll hear him now. Um, all right. So more EV stuff. Ford is about to reopen the ordering books for the Ford Lightning, which has been closed for the 2023 models, right? So the the next year models are going to open it up. Now, a few changes are coming on that truck as well. Uh, apparently, maybe some software upgrades and whatnot are going to allow uh, a little bit more range on the the on the smaller battery version, I guess. Um, instead of 230 miles, you'll get 240 miles. Um, but the Lariat in uh, and the big power ones are still at like 300 or so. So uh, that's not going to change. Um, the Pro Trailer Hitch Assist is going to be available on it uh, as well. I think it's um, – it'll be standard on the – Pro XLT and Lariat as part of the tow technology package, or the, I'm sorry, the Lariat trim and the Platinum will have it as standard feature, but it will be available on the other ones as well. Um, there's some colors coming out. Uh, however, when they open the order books up for the 2023 model, there is going to be an increase in price. And if you already have a reservation, and you've ordered your vehicle, you're locked in the price. Don't worry about it. If if you if you have a reservation, but the order isn't in, then they will contact each person and figure something out. That's kind of what they're trying to do right now. They're not quite sure what that's going to mean, some sort of incentive or credit or something like that, but they, they want to work it out. Basically, they're trying to avoid – the debacle that Rivian had when they said, "Hey, we're raising all the prices of whether you got your truck or not." Like you're, we're we're, we're raising the prices. Um, I have but- never heard the word incentive used as much as during COVID as I have in my entire yeah. life. Well, wait till we get to the next story because the incentives are about to get screwed um, on the the tax credits. Oh. But anyway, so the um, you can look up the full lineup of the the Lightning and the price increases, but. They range from $6,000 up to $8,500, just the price increase. So the, the pro model, which, is on, which was about 41000 bucks, is going to be 48000 bucks. And then uh, the platinum extended range is up 6000 bucks. Now the truck is 98669 bucks. So... This better be a really nice truck. No doubt. You could spend $100,000 on a truck. Who would do that? 
I think I just I think I just ordered. I they're building mine right now. Both would. <laughs> yeah, I, it's probably going to get here. I'm like, oh, shit, I can't afford it. Are you guys going to sell it? <laughs> uh, so there's this other thing going around. There's a Senate bill that's been proposed that would actually change the tax credit. There's a $7,500 federal tax credit um, right now, and Right now, that $7,500 tax credit is – not everybody is eligible, but most of the vehicles, the EVs that are coming out would qualify. Now, this could drop significantly, um, not for what you think. What they're trying to do is say any of the EVs that use battery technology – not technology, battery pieces or raw materials – from like China wouldn't get the federal tax credit or it would maybe be half, right? So they're trying to say build in America, right? So I, I'm on board with the build in America thing and it's it's trying to get the manufacturers. So it's What's happening here is, is the people buying the vehicle and trying to get the tax credit – are going to be the ones paying the price because we have no choice of where the battery is coming from. The manufacturers do. So I kind of feel like this should be between the manufacturers and the government and not get us involved, (laughs) you know, the buyers, right? Because, you know, they've been saying buy EV, buy EV. You need to buy EV. Everything's going to be EV. And now they're going, it's going to be more expensive if you buy EV. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works. Uh, yeah, so it's just kind of a, an, uh, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting thing going on. Um, I don't know if this is going to pass. Uh, it would basically, if this bill got passed, 70% of the EVs and plug-in hybrids would not qualify for the full tax incentive because that's how many batteries use like Chinese. It's not about tax incentive, right? It's about saving the world. That's that's what they tell me. (laughs) That's what they tell me. Ferrari got himself in a little bit of issue here. Ferrari has, Ferrari has a braking issue and it sounds silly, but the brake fluid cap on the Blake, on the reservoir, the cap is not venting properly, and it creates a vacuum, resulting in a brake fluid leak. It's a simple fix. But Ferrari is going to have to recall pretty much every single car they've made in the last 17 years – I guess they haven't updated their brake fluid reservoir cap in 17 years. It's the same cap for 17 years. Uh, Yeah, everything from F430s to 612 Scagliettis, the new F8s, California's, TDFs. Yeah, LaFerrari, the Portofino, um, just er er the whole list. The whole list. Does your brother still got Ferraris? Because he might want to get himself a bunch of these caps. 
He's got a Daytona convertible, a Ford, an F40, a 50, and an Enzo. Yeah, he. Uh, oh, he's not on he the won't list. Get rid of those ever. Yeah, he's not on the list. Uh, <laughs> those are all too old. No way. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. Wow. Yeah, Check they're, that out. they're all too old. He's Went one for the Goldbergs. <laughs> right on. Um, I don't know. It's as easy as just swapping out the cap. They need to do something to the computer. They need to flash the computer or something like that. This vehicle software um, uh, needs to be updated because it shows a warning light for low brake fluid if you're having this issue. So um, anyway, look, Ferrari is going to cover the cost. Everyone gets a free plastic cap. <laughs> Um, nice. Good yeah. of them. Um, but that being said, we're laughing about it. Uh, uh, it could lead to a breaking issue. So if you do have one of these, you might as well just go in and get it done. Uh, now, we say every single car for the last 17 years. Now, keep in mind, you know, the, the car companies we talk about here, Toyota, you know, Lexus, Dodge, Ford, when they recall something, it's you know a hundred thousand cars, right? Uh, the last seventeen years, twenty three thousand five hundred and fifty five cars. So, uh, exactly. I mean, it's it's all that they've made, but it's not such a huge number, right? That no, you know, uh, yeah, it's just a kind hiccup. Of a, yeah, it's listen. I, I mean, do they have the infrastructure to do it? It's not Toyota, right? So, but still, so. I don't think it's going to put the company in any financial jeopardy no they're making they're making tons of money (laughs) you can see them now publicly (laughs) traded they're making tons of money cover all of that um so this uh this bad news if you guys are fans of street outlaws uh one of the guys on that show ryan fellows was uh killed in a car crash uh, while filming the show i think they were out in vegas he was racing his his uh his Nissan 240Z um, at at night, I guess. Uh, this was during filming. Uh, and uh, the car, I don't have all the specifics on on how he crashed. They say he lost control near the finish line and and the vehicle rolled and caught fire and people ran over to try to, to help and it was just it was just too much. Um it's it's interesting because it has uh, fellows was driving a gold Nissan 240Z somehow lost control near the finish line. This is a quote from something. I don't know who quoted it. Ryan's vehicle rolled and caught fire. Onlookers were unable to get him out on time. Filming was ended for the day after the crash. No fucking shit. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> like why, the, even, why even when people write stuff like that? What did they think about it and write it down and then look at it afterwards and go yeah. I mean, do they get a bunch of comments going, God, I hope filming was shut down for the day? Yes. This was a major – this is a tragic accident. Filming was shut down after the crash for the day. Yeah. Quite, yeah. So quite obviously, it's a shame, man. I mean, so those, I mean, I watch a lot, and I'm surprised that they don't crash and burn more often as – as much as they stay in it on those back roads, yeah. man, I, I don't know how controlled it is. I mean, you can only do so much to prevent stuff like that from happening, but those dudes are pushing the envelope every episode, man. It's uh, hats off to them for having the cojones to do what they do and the girls. But, man, yeah, you wonder how long it was going to take for something like that to happen because they push it. 
Yeah, they do. And that's it's rough. And I know those guys, a lot of those guys, they build those cars really well, the full cages, they're in the suits, they got the helmets, they got all the gear, they're doing what they can. But it's, it's a, you know, racing's a dangerous program. So, um, yeah, that sucks. And, you know, it's dangerous enough at a controlled event. You know that, mm-hmm. right? Even when you control everything. So, uh, especially a program that's going to be filmed as an outlaw event. I'm not bagging on the program by any stretch of imagination, but I'm just saying when they want to make it look skeletal, you know, and not set up like a pro event, then, you know, you're taking more chances. So it sucks big time. Yeah, it does. Speaking of crashes, did you hear about this thing with Ann Hesh, the actress Ann Hesh? Yeah. So, yeah. um, she was basically in my uh, in in my neighborhood. So they showed so Anne Hesh, if you guys haven't heard, this actress she was in Volcano and other other stuff. She was uh in a Mini Cooper, late model Mini Cooper. Um we have no idea if she was drunk or high or whatever, but clearly agitated. She was driving through an apartment complex and hit like kind of crashed into to a garage door. And I saw the footage of that. And that was where I would walk all the time. I, I moved the past year, but it's it's not far from me. It's a mile away. And uh, so I knew the area. And then there was no, other footage. So she backed out, but people were like, what are you doing? You hit the wall. And they had cameras on her phones and whatever. And she was mad at them. And she backed, excuse me, backed out and drove away. And then she was going through the neighborhood, the neighborhood that I used to live in. She was flying down the road. Must have been doing 80 or something in this Mini Cooper. And there's footage of someone's like doorbell camera. You hear the car. So she was full throttle. You hear the car. You see it blow by the front of the house. And then you hear it crash. She goes through like the shrubs in front of this house crashes into the house, drives like halfway through it, catches on fire. The whole house basically burns down and people are trying to get her out. Uh, eventually, they get her out of the car. She's got some burns. She's got – she's definitely injured. Um, last we heard, she was in a coma with burns on like 15% of the body and who knows – what other stuff? Now, without talking to somebody like a like a Mark Garagos to get some legal advice, what I understand is because she was unconscious the entire time, they can't get any uh, like blood alcohol test or sobriety test or breathalyzer because she cannot consent to that type of test, right? So uh, I don't know if later they're going to figure out some sort of toxicology report. Um, but it seems like the public is kind of split on this. On one hand, uh, a bunch of people have, you know, people she's acted with, other actors are saying, terrible tragedy, you know, get well soon, you know, you're the best. And a bunch of people are going, how could you support this? She was clearly intoxicated, driving like a maniac. They're not supporting, any, they're not supporting anything. They're talking about her health. Yeah. 
right? And and they're like, yeah, you crash into this house with this lady and her two dogs, and she nearly escaped, and 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 you know where is she going to live? And there's a GoFundMe page for her, and they're like, she's done nothing. This is all Anne Hesh's fault, and yeah. So I I guess the the public opinion is is split. I I kind of agree with you. I was like, I don't know. It seems like. The internet throws around a lot of hate these days, <laughs> you know. Um, I, listen, you you kind of it's not. It's the internet is indicative of the world. The world wants to jump to conclusions uh, when they don't know any factual information whatsoever. Yeah, get the information and then jump to con- then then make an uh, assumption of what you believe happened. Actually, what did happen? She's either drunk or, or she was high or something or not, right? But you can't roast somebody until you know the facts. And it just shows you how people love to jump to, to conclusions prior to uh, fed being fed, you know, proper information to make yeah. that decision. So it sucks. Right. So it's just the world we live in. I mean, the chances are probably high that she was – under the influence of something and clearly driving like a maniac under the influence or not. Um, but I kind of agree. Like I, I think I say get well and then face the consequences and whatever that's going to be. Right. No matter what, I mean, is it going to be jail time, rehab, civil suit, like all of those things are going to probably happen to some extent. So that's that's the way it works. <laughs> you know? But yeah, just uh it's it's a it's a crazy thing. Right right that down sucks. the neighborhood. I know I know the places where she was. I saw the you know the helicopter footage or whatever the cameras and TMZ's got videos. TMZ got videos of everything. Um yeah, it just seems kind of uh nutty. Like you know, of course, you don't want to be like walking your dog in the neighborhood or anything like that, and and seeing that happen or potentially danger. You know, now that neighborhood I know right is there's always cars parked on the streets, so you can only really fit one car down the middle. So it's you're like a pinball, you know, and if you're doing ninety miles an hour, you're potentially that pinball bouncing off the sides, and you know, ding, 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 and then eventually you're gonna you're going to hit something hard, right? Which is why, you know, there's signs all over the neighborhood that are like... That are throttle uh, sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You You never know. I mean, you just don't... There are so many variables. You just don't know, man. Yeah. You can't jump to the... To the to the worst conclusion because it makes makes it an outrageous story and everybody jumps on it and talks about it. Right. Um, All right. So... uh, I think that's uh, that's good. I think we're going to wrap things up. Um, let's see what's going on. Uh, I don't know what we've got going on next week. I think next week we might uh, – uh, we're going to Monterey next week. So I think the plan is going to be we're going to just uh, rerun some shows. Yeah, we're just going to do a best of or rerun or something like that. Chris will pick pick, pick something for us. So, uh, cool. Yeah. I'll be working on the podcast room. You'll be working on the podcast room. Um well, it's good. We're gonna have uh, we're gonna come back uh, with some great content and uh, from uh, from Monterey, and then I uh, can't wait to tell you guys about it. We'll be posting a bunch of pictures and stuff along the way, so just give me a follow up at uh, Motorator 
And uh, yeah, we'll kind of take it from there. Anything yes, else? Have fun. Have fun. Be careful in Monterey. And, uh, don't do anything I would. Take some good <laughs> Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All month long, the biggest movies are streaming free on Pluto TV's Popcorn Summer Movies. Watch star-studded blockbusters like Titanic and Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Or fall in love with charming rom-coms like Hitch and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. The best part? Pluto TV is 100% free. No credit cards, not even a sign-up. Plus, Pluto TV has hundreds of channels with thousands more movies, TV shows, and more. Download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming now. Pluto TV. Drop in. Watch free.